Everyone knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker, poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing out there? Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, and our producer Joe Costello. As we come to you on Skype, we look forward to another great show. This evening, lots to talk about. Uh, you know, the first thing I want to touch on, Joe, was I kind of thought the uh, the idea when I heard people complaining about not being able to go out, not being able to go down to the park, not being able to play basketball or poker or whatever, all I could think of was, God, how ungrateful are you? You could be in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and had the roof of your house ripped off last night. And you, then you'd really have a problem. Exactly. That's just, isn't that amazing? We, you know, we're all stuck doing that social distancing, staying in your home, and these poor folks get a freaking tornado on top of that. Yeah, so I can't even You're imagine. right, Dave. It's, it it's kind of puts things in perspective, uh, hope, hopefully. But we've got so many selfish people out there, Dave, yeah. that act like jerks. I, I actually saw, I actually, someone posted on one of my Facebook accounts, somebody in Santo Domingo in Spanish, and you could see they were on some sort of pickup truck, and he must have had like a water hose, and he kept, I mean, just completely drenching people, and in Spanish telling them, go home, you're not supposed to be outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was nailing people, and they were cursing back at him, but I kind of like the idea. Maybe we should start doing something like that here in the States. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about uh, taking my walk after the show, and usually uh, it's 2.7 miles. Uh, but now they're saying you can't be within more than 250 feet away from your apartment. So uh, I guess I'll have to walk around the parking lot like 400 times. But how, how – what uh, – in your area? Well, I don't know if it started yet, but I think maybe it starts tonight. But uh, – Pretty crazy. Anyway, let's get to poker because uh, that's the thing we talk about. Um, one interesting note I'll just start off with, and we'll maybe talk about this a little bit later, but brand new movie I mentioned uh, a week or two ago about, called Poker Queens, which is now available on Amazon Prime. And it's the story of women in poker, which is basically, you know, Joe, is one of the things we love to talk about and love to encourage women to play. So this could be a big step in the right direction. A few women get to see this and see how successful some people are, out there are. They might uh, be a little more encouraged to come to the table. But uh, I talked to the author who is uh, wrote the book and also the, uh, is the producer of the movie. Her name is Sandra Moore. And uh, she goes under the name Sia Leta, or the Black Widow is uh, the, what she goes on. And I kind of wondered why, uh, of course, we'll talk more about it when we have her on, but uh, at one point she wanted to play in the World Series of Poker main event as a man and went through a disguise. Somehow the word leaked out and they banned her from playing. So she was never able to do that, but she wanted to uh, – Go ahead and make this movie. Uh, last summer, they had a separate room for women to hang out in, kind of like a lounge, where they did interviews and, and put together this movie. And it just very recently came out. So I reached out to her on Twitter today, and she uh, said she'd love to do the show. She just started following me, which is how I knew the movie was out. And uh, we'll have her on. Her name, uh, once again, Sandra Moore. So we'll look forward to trying to set that up for next week. But let's get to... Uh, your weekly trivia question, actually a monthly <laughs> trivia question, but if you get this if you get this right, 
I'll treat you to dinner at Senior Ceviche. Again, there we go. I love that place. Let's go. <laughs> uh, outside of a few Indian casinos that are inside their convenience stores, I think there's uh, something like uh, 16 of them around the country. But for the most part now, every casino is closed. Uh, we talked about Mikasuki just very recently closing, and that is uh, one of the Indian casinos that was still open. But uh, there is one area that became the final casinos to close outside of Mikasuki. I can't include that now that I just found that out. But uh, can you tell me where those casinos are? There was a big group of them. A big group of them, huh? Wow. Um, well, I don't I, – I, I really hope it isn't California with all the stuff that they've been going through, especially at the early part of this year. You'll never, you'll never get this. Never get this. My guess, my guess is it's got to be the casinos that are probably close to the border of uh, of Canada, but I don't know what states actually have some of them up there. Good How answer. Am I? Good answer, but I can't give you credit for that. <laughs> the answer is Deadwood, South Dakota. Dakota. There you go. But see, I was in the right area. There. You're in the ballpark. You're definitely in the ballpark. But they had. Uh, uh, 20 commercial casinos uh, were open nine, as of last week, and nine of them were in Deadwood. So uh, they were fighting it to the bitter end. Well, hey, listen, I don't know how many cases they had out there, but it's sad, it's sad to see that Mikasuki, with all the cases we had down here in uh, between Broward and Dade, uh, still be open up until today or yesterday that they closed their doors. I know the Seminole Casinos closed on March the 20th. They were trying to hang out as long as they possibly could. Uh, I'm sure all these places are just dying to get back open again. But now with the latest from President Trump that this would last at least until the end of April, uh, you know, we've got a ways to go before we get those room card rooms open again. But we'll certainly look forward to it. Uh, one of the things I did want to mention uh, is the uh, Annie Up magazine that I write for. Uh, I'll tell people that they did put together an issue that was supposed to come out April 1st, uh, but decided to not go ahead and print it and put it out. So they will not be in uh, – not that there's anywhere to send them anyway or, or have them picked up. I was just about to mention that. Where are they going to get them out to? Yeah, but uh, they will put some of those articles online. So if you want to go to AnnieUpMagazine.com, you can see some of the latest poker news, uh, including my article that I wrote uh, about South Florida. But uh, they also will not print a May issue. So uh, they'll be back hopefully in June. And and while we're disrupted, you know, we don't get the regular things. But a uh, good chance for both you and I to go into our uh, closet and pull out some of those old card player magazines that we've been storing up. Oh, yeah. And you gave me some great ones uh, <laughs> about a year and a half or so ago. I actually been thinking about doing that. I, I, I've been alternating between watching TV and reading a book that I started, which I'm almost done with. And purposely just putting it down so I don't finish it and go, what the hell else am I going to do now? <laughs> exactly. I, f I forgot uh, I was uh, last week I had a little problem uh, keeping the timing of the show, and so I realized, wow, i got a stopwatch on my phone. Maybe I'll just uh, use that. <laughs> I just realized that I hadn't hit it to start the counter. So, uh, However far we're into the show. Joe Costello, you there? You can tell me how far we're into the show right now. You are eight minutes exactly, Big Dave. Okay, so... So I just started now. I'm 24 minutes into my stopwatch, 24 seconds into my stopwatch. So uh, I'll have to do the math while I'm on the fly. Oh, math <laughs> on the fly. That's going to be great. 
Okay, well, let's get into the show a little bit. Uh, besides the Deadwood stuff, uh, there was some really interesting stuff in this article that I wanted to uh, go ahead and, and surmise. Let me see if I can uh, pull that up here. Uh, number of casinos uh, that are uh, in the United States, uh, 524 casinos that are all closed now. So uh, that's something a little bit interesting that uh, we did have in mind here. So uh, I will check uh, some of the Indian casinos and see as we talk here. Uh, five, and it, it's 524 in the tribal casinos. 97% of them are closed. And the U.S. commercial casinos, I hope people uh, love this information, but uh, 465 commercial casinos in the United States, and they're all closed. I wonder if they're including those casinos as the racinos, the ones that have slot machines along with some sort of paramutual uh, so. event in there, you know. Because down here in Florida, I mean, the real casinos are obviously the uh, – the Seminole Properties, the Miccosukees, and, and in the casinos that are in Broward and Dade, but we've got a lot of racinos or whatever you want to call them up and down the, the state of Florida. I wonder yeah, if absolutely. Abs- absolutely. Uh, one thing I did want to mention was the World Series of Poker, and you know very well that we're waiting on news whether they're going to play it or not. Uh, we've heard different people call for different things, uh, but uh, as far as uh, the decision whether they will operate or not, they have not decided yet. And obviously, as we saw with the Olympics, there's just so much money uh, involved. There's just so much planning and getting ready. So it's really kind of a tough decision. Um, you know, we've never seen anything, anything the likes of this uh, pandemic that is affecting life here in the United States and all around the world. So that's the problem, really, is the travel. And, and I, I wondered what your thought was, Joe, on uh, what they should do with the World Series. Well, right now, I, I listen, I think they've waited way too long. You know, once all the casinos closed in Vegas, Dave, they should have made that decision that, hey, listen, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to have a WSOP main event. You know, the thousands of people that that draws – you know, you, you've got to make that decision. I know it's a lot of money, like you said, Dave, but you've got to make that decision with time so people aren't left hanging with traveling plans, maybe having insurance on canceling some of them to get it, their money back, um, you know, and just being responsible. I mean, damn, you know, they, they don't want any of us, us those, those, those conference rooms in Vegas have three, four, five thousand people sitting down at tables, you know, yeah, when you're talking yeah. about. When you're talking 300, 350 tables with the dealers included, you're talking at 3,500, not to mention the staffing that goes into that there. So to me, Dave, you know, this is something that they need to cut it out, um, you know, uh, just suspend it until next year. I mean, unfortunately, like you said, this is something we've never seen in our lifetime. Yeah, and uh, they could also play it later in the summer, maybe uh, move it back, uh, maybe just completely postpone it this year. I don't know. Uh, but just to talk about, again, Negranu, who to me is one of the more thoughtful people in the world of poker, always does have an opinion, which is great, and uh, not everybody agrees with him, but uh, there's a story on Poker News about his thoughts. He said, uh, you know, of course, he just got married to Amanda Leatherwood, and uh, we talked about that a, a few weeks ago. But he said, you know, we're both kind of homebodies. It's it's great for us. There's not much change for us other than not being able to go to hockey games. 
<laughs> it's true. I mean, think about it. We're we're very lucky that we can at least go outside. You can take a you know trip to the supermarket and get some stuff just to kind of break up the day. You know, this is not like for us down here in South Florida and for those poor folks that just had the tornado destroy their homes, where you're you know where where it's really bad for whatever extended amount of time. Those people had their houses destroyed. We've had that down here in South Florida. You know, we are coming to a new normal that I believe is going to go forward, Dave. Um, I wanted to pose a question to you today in the show. Um, What do you think these big tournaments are going to be like in the future? Because this is going to be very fresh in everybody's mind, what we've had to go through with the social distancing. Do you think this might be the start of ending these big tournaments where you do have 200, 300 poker tables inside of those conference rooms and the big big hotels. You know, there's something special about the World Series and how much action is, and it's so much fun that I hope it doesn't disappear forever. Uh, when we get past this pandemic, you know, there could be another one around the corner. Who knows? But uh, we, we have to be hopeful that that's not the case. But uh, I'd love to see them stay in. One of the great things about these huge tournaments is the kind of guarantees they can put on them and how many people that draws. It's pretty crazy. It, it is, Dave, and, and that's obviously what's helped grow poker. I mean, besides, obviously, the money money maker effect that we had, you know, what was that, about uh, 15, 16 years ago, give or take? Yeah, uh, it, took a, it so, took a good 10 years to recover. Exactly, you know, and let me tell you something, Dave. Um, right before the, we closed down here, Dave, I don't know if Dania, I'm sure Dania did it too. Remember, they put it out in Edict in, in Broward and Dade where, uh, you know, places couldn't have more than 250 people. And I saw when when we did that, the casino's last day at at Casino Miami was was Tuesday or two. It'll be two weeks tomorrow. okay? but on Monday we had a meeting, no more than 250 people. The meeting was over by 1030 and at quarter after 11, we had already reached capacity and and already 30, 40, 50 people on the line. okay? Now, let me tell you something, you know, we're we're about poker, Dave, but when you talk about casinos, poker room is, you know, at the bottom of the ladder. Dropping the bucket. Know, the totem pole, is, so to speak, when it comes to casino and, and the revenue that it generates. Right. I'm afraid that once they start easing restrictions, I would imagine some sort of number restriction is going to be put on places like casinos and, and, and nightclubs and, you know, they, you know, places like that. Uh, and ease it back in slowly. That it may cost. It may actually cost some people their poker rooms because yeah. you got to think. Bottom line, depending on how long this goes, the revenue that's been lost, you're not going to be able to make that up. So, if you're generating a lot more money from people playing machines than from playing poker, you're going to see that decision being made very easily by by, by management. Right, no question about it. Uh, you, you think about Macy's, uh, you know, a huge store like that that is going to have to uh, furlough 130,000 workers around the country. It's 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 just amazing, and it's uh, it's really scary. It really is. But uh, I was looking at some of the poker numbers on what some of these places are going to do, and. Uh, it's something like uh, 10 months that MGM, and you know they have 14 casinos, but it's going to be like uh, they're losing four, or actually, um, 
18 casinos, but they're losing $14.4 million per day during the shutdown. Yeah, that's <laughs> – you know how hard that's going to be? I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine that, Dave. I'm – you know, listen, I'm worried – not only for all the, all the folks out there, all the people that have lost their jobs because of this, which has been so many of them, you know, are the, the government right now is trying to do that with the stimulus, with the 1200 with the unemployment going up to maybe $600 a week, you know. But eventually, once we do get back, what's, what's the unemployment rate going to be like? Because yeah, there's, people there's no jobs money. out there right Think now. Think about it. They're saying, oh, restaurants will be open, and yes, maybe that first week people just, you know, crazy of being home, you know, uh, but where are you going to have the extra money that you haven't earned in all these months of being off, you know, not earning any money to be able to spend on, on the economy? I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is going to be to that because, you know, <laughs> they've they got to get a lot more money out there. Or, or have jobs available immediately where you can start making this money in the casino industry. Yeah, we know that people are going to flock right back, but think about it, Dave. The numbers just can't be the same as they were before. Yeah, no question. And uh, you think about uh, you know, how hard it is to build a business from the ground up and then just completely lose your customers for whatever, six to eight months, how hard it is to get the word out that you're back open again. And you might get a few dribs and drabs in the beginning, but you know, it who knows if you have the same chef there, he may have gone on to another business, and you just may not have the same uh, product again. So uh, it's scary. We don't like to think about those worst-case scenarios, but that's uh, just the way it is. Uh, going back to the MGM, let me mention this real quick. Uh, they asked uh, you know, how long they could survive losing $14.4 million per day, and they said right now it looks about nine months from now they would be out of cash. Wow. Nine and that's months. that's a huge company. Oh my God, you're not kidding! Eighteen casinos. Um, yeah, that's well. Forget about just MGM. Can you imagine if they if it did go to nine months with them? What would happen with you know just all the other large events where people earn a living from them? Okay, that are going to lose that. This 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 would be a catastrophic uh, uh, event for for our economy. Obviously. I mean, yeah. look at the stock market already. They've got to make measures to make sure people just don't panic, you know. And, um, man, I can't even think about that, that you can survive nine months losing $14 million a day of revenue. That's and that's not lot. even counting uh, what some people out there believe is that we will have uh, martial law soon. And you may not – All the I read today about all these countries that uh, these autocrats uh, are, are running are, are just using this as an idea to completely – uh, you know, take over uh, the way life is run. So nothing will be the same. But uh, hopefully, you know, after a certain amount of time, we can recover. Yeah. Well, listen. Let's hope we've caught it. Uh, we're we're all staying on the positive here. We don't want martial law. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want martial law, there, buddy. <laughs> Joe, you got a comment? I know you love I, that. I don't, listen, I don't I, want to be with Joe. You guys got loyal listeners out there. Normally, I do not chime in, but in this case, crisis-wise. I feel like I got to be the referee of of this moment. Yeah, we're we're trying to stay positive, guys. Maybe there won't be martial law. It'll be great. There you go. 
Wow. Reel him in, Joe. Reel him in, yeah. here, buddy. Reel him in. I ain't talking about no martial law. Wow. Martial law. Go outside. Well, we'll go a little long. You can cut that part out. No, I'm not cutting anything out. This is going to be a time capsule. Ten years from now, you're going to listen back to this. And you're going to be like, wow, right in the middle of the crisis, you were doing great poker action line content. Subscribe on iTunes. All right, back to you. Okay. Uh, let's take a break on the show. When we come back, we'll do some... Uh, some uh, poker strategy. I have a very interesting article about things to think about in a tournament, and we'll lighten things up a little bit. But uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line as usual. We hope you'll stick around and uh, look forward to next week talking with the producer, director of uh, Poker Queens, uh, Sandra Moore. And we'll have more of tonight's show when we come back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach. But what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on the royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Yard Council. Women in poker, I should say, and uh, just taking a quick look at the uh, Sunday Millions results. Uh, we talked about it last week, and I know Joe hates it when I run down uh, all kinds of poker uh, results, but I got to I got to have some kind of time capsule uh, down the road somewhere. Uh, the winner was a player from Brazil, A A A Arthur, who won 1.92 million for first place. Romanian player Stefan Dragos finished second, and a woman finished third. Caroline two nine six three of the United Kingdom won nine hundred, or I'm sorry, seven hundred eighty six thousand. So uh, that was all last week, and it was actually a four way deal between the final four players as they uh, split things up to uh, move on there. But uh, there's one thing I want to talk about, uh, kind of an interesting uh, strategy article called Seven. Poker tournament tips from the pros that you've never heard before. So uh, this, these are kind of interesting. So I thought maybe I'd get your thoughts on some of those, Joe, as I run these down. All righty. First one comes from Kara Scott, who is, of course, the uh, woman who does the interviews on the World Series Poker broadcast. She says, when in doubt, bag early. And she said if the tournament's going very deep into the night or into the early morning hours and you're not good with that and you know yourself – 
that you're probably just going to lose chips at the end of the play, then bag early and just take the hit. Yeah, she means just get up, let them let them blind you and and everything else, and then just come back fresh the next day. Exactly. I've never heard anybody to give that advice, but that's actually really good advice. I mean, especially I, th- I think an hour I think it is too. Two, you know, so I think that's excellent advice, especially over there. I mean, the the blind levels are usually an hour and a half or two hours, and you know, uh, at that point, that's a. I think that's a great idea. I mean, a great you know, great. Great advice. Second one comes from Ebony Kenny, who we've had on the show before in our early days. She was in South Florida. I think she lives on the west coast of Florida now. But uh, her thought is that you play better when you fasted. Uh, increases your cognitive function, helps your alertness and your memory, and you can form, play much better than if you've just eaten. Um. <laughs> Agree with that? I can, I can see when, but... They're going to come a point, I don't know, maybe it's the young today, but I know that after a point, yes, if you eat too much, you're sluggish, David. That's true. I mean, think about it. Sometimes you feel like taking a nap if you've gone overboard. Um, and, yeah, you, you probably aren't at your top. But also, if you're hungry, you know, like they say, you're hangry, then <laughs> you need to have some sort of food in you. I don't know. Put you on tilt, huh? Exactly. I don't know if that would work for me, you know. um, Especially if those, you know, if you're in in a tournament, you know, like the main event where it's, you know, a a twelve-hour day, you know, it's just for me. I don't know, Dave. What do you think? Especially for people Uh, like you and I, that sometimes we we have to have something to eat because of medical conditions. Um, Well, all I know is I never, I never turn down a sandwich. There you go. You haven't met a sandwich you didn't like, huh? So yeah, you know. our third one comes from uh, Chris Moorman, a famous Brit- British player, another player we've had on the show before. But his thought was pay attention to when you look at your cards. He said a lot of times, uh, you know, you might feel the pressure and not have time to think. but uh, So do it ahead of time, but don't not too early because it says then you might seem disinterested in that pot and give away too much information. <sighs> yeah, well, listen, they always tell you not to look at your cards until it's your turn to act. I've heard that as well. You know, and so that's – I when I've been in tournaments, that's what I've tried to do. And I've also tried to incorporate that in my cash game, you know, when I'm playing, you know, cash games. Um, it, it's true, you know. Uh, one of Mike Carroll's tells was, you know, you that I remember my brother used very nicely in a tournament uh, – I mean, in a cash game once was – you know, if you see somebody who looks at their cards and immediately looks at their stack, you, usually that means they got a monster of a hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, yeah, I guess that goes with the tells. And some people just can't hide, you know, their disappointment or their excitement about their hands. So, but I don't know if that's something new, you know. I, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, just something that people should have been working on for many years if they're interested in, in playing uh, Daria Feschenko, I guess, probably a Russian player, uh, when asked about bluffing, she says, I guess it's a she, uh, she says, think again. And uh, very short and sweet, uh, you know, maybe tending toward a little racist, but uh, uh, certainly don't want to turn down a laugh. She says, never bluff Asian players. Never bluff Asian players? Yeah. 
I well listen. I, I haven't played enough with them <laughs> over the last years down here to be able to give you any kind of any personal experience comment on that. There, um, all I know is I don't ever want to bluff any 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 uh, calling station. That's for damn sure. Um, but again, they they didn't make a they didn't give a reason why they that person wouldn't why she or he wouldn't want to bluff an Asian player. <laughs> I just think uh, you know you can't pigeonhole anybody into a certain thing, so it's just good for a laugh, but not much more. Uh, another one having to do with food. Uh, Sophia Lovegren says, make sure you ask the locals what their favorite snacks are and bring some snacks to the table. So that just goes about being nice, uh, you know, uh, treat people well, and sometimes it will come back to you in a tough hand. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah, I. I know I'm a really nice player. I love meeting everybody at the table and enjoy a nice comment. I, I don't know if I want to be the the the, uh, the delivery boy. You know, I, I I do drive Uber Eats, but I don't think when I'm playing poker that I want to be the guy bringing them their, their favorite foods on my dime. Excellent. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Vivian Saliba says, increase your bet sizings. She says, bet big. She said, you need to put pressure on your opponents. And uh, I see too many players who want to save money and make small, small bets. But the truth is, she says, people like to call, so you've got to make it tough on them. If you decide to bluff, you need to put the pressure on. Well, yeah, that's, that's – yes, I don't think that's new advice. You know, people like – it's, it's true that a lot of people don't like to put that extra, you know, stack in there on, on a bluff or, or on a weak hand. But, um, you know – Bet sizing has always been one of the things that, and as a matter of fact, I'm trying to remember which one of our great guests that we've had on over the years uh, mentioned that, that you have to kind of change up your bet sizing as it goes so people don't get a read on you. Yeah. To, to, so you, that you're able to make a bluff or get a call from a stubborn player who, you know, feels that you're bluffing them and, and then all of a sudden you turn over the goods there. So um, bet sizing, changing up your bet sizing, uh, to me, that's a great, you know, is a great idea for any player, you know, who's playing right now. That's something you have to start incorporating into your game. And bottom line is you can't be afraid to put the heat on. Absolutely not. If you're afraid to put the heat on them, then it's time to take up something else. You know? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> uh, the last one's from Dominic Nietzsche. He says, uh, keep your proper sleeping schedule. You know, it's always important. And this is some Bernard Lee talked about in several of his appearances, that basically you need to be rested. Uh, this is why when you go out to a World Series of Poker, you don't stay out late and drink all night and then come to the table, uh, you know, hungover. Well, listen, you know, if you're in your early 20s, <laughs> that, may, that may not be a big thing for you. As I remember how energetic I was, no matter how much I partied the night before, but you know, as you got into your thirties, forties, fifties, and now that you and I have already hit sixty, um, yeah. Now here's my big thing, Dave. Um, sleep doesn't come easy to me yeah. for the most part. You know, I I I can be dead tired and go to bed, and I'll still toss and turn for on a good day. It'll be less than half an hour. On some other days, I'm you know an hour later, I'm still tossing and turning. So, you know, my mind races way too much with all these things. I, I mean, um, I've had a boss who could actually tell me when he'd fall asleep and he'd start snoring and he was literally out of it. And I wished I could be like that. 
but I can't do that. And I remember that, in, you know, that when we had Bernard Lee talking about the tips on preparing yourself and being well rested, I just personally don't know how to, you know, do that myself because my mind is always racing. Um, as a player, I guess it's complete shutdown of, of stop thinking about hands. I don't know. Dave, if you've ever had that in your well, playing time. Well, I'm different. I can sleep anytime, anywhere, so I never get cheated out of uh, 40 winks. <laughs> Damn, well, then you need to show me what that secret is because it's very rare for me to get sleep like that. You know, And, and I'm not, not just talking about poker, but especially when I was playing a lot of poker. When I was, when I was doing well, my mind was racing on how well I made this move. I wanted to remember that. I kept replaying it in my hand, in my head, and then going back to other hands where I could have done this. And then when I made bad moves, you know, I was constantly beating myself up with it and saying, "Damn, you, you know, you missed the signals. Why, you know, why'd you make that mistake?" And like I said, hour and a half, two hours later, I'm, maybe I'm falling asleep. So what do you do now? You got the coronavirus. Uh, you can't go to your regular poker room, play a cash game. Most of the turn, well, all of the tournaments really are cash are uh, canceled right now. So uh, things are tough out there. What do you do? Maybe you take some time to have a few fun things with a sport that you love and watch some poker movies. So I wanted to run down a couple. Now all of these on this list are not just having to do with poker. They're basically gambling movies. So I'll kind of breeze through the ones that uh, are not important. But uh, uh, the first one on the list is 21, which is uh, about blackjack and the MIT students that won over a million dollars out in Vegas uh, conquering blackjack. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> cheat. Well, not cheating, but card counting and. Uh, uh, I, like I said, they don't take too kindly to that in the casinos, big Dave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and I believe those big machines now that constantly reshuffle the deck, you know, after you've played maybe, you know, five, six, seven hands, they just put them right back in the machine. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah, uh, I have. 21. Yeah. So that that right there almost effectively takes away any card counters at those tables. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the I next film, obviously – I'm sorry, let me move on. The next one in the series is Rounders. Uh, obviously, you can go back and watch that again. Do you realize now it's been 22 years since that movie came out? Yeah, and to me, it's still the best poker movie that I've ever seen. Um, we can... I don't think anything comes close to it, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, 22 years, and we're hoping for a reunion still, and probably will be for years to come. Uh, and the next one is Mississippi Grind which Ryan Reynolds stars in along with Ben Mendelsohn, and they play in a big poker tournament in New Orleans. So uh, written by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Uh, they also did the movie Half Nelson. It's called Mississippi Grind. I've never seen it, but uh, I'll probably check it out. Uh, another one, a small uh, project from 2017, is called Win It All, and uh, it reunites him with a good friend, and they win big at a poker game in order to get out of the hole. Sounds a little like Rounders, uh, along with a criminal who is set to be released from prison. So uh, that's one I haven't seen yet, but uh, it gets an IMDb rating of 6.2 out of 10. Well, listen, you just given me some movies that I hadn't heard of and I definitely haven't seen, so... Uh, that that might be something for us to discuss in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll get a chance to see some of those movies and maybe, uh, uh, you know, 
change change my opinion on Rounders being the best poker movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next the next one is hard, called Hard Eight. We'll kind of breeze through that, although it does star uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Samuel L. Jackson, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, it's a hard eight. That's obviously uh, kind of a uh, craps movie. Uh, the next one I never heard of at all called Shade. It's a movie about poker, but also more about sleight of hand magic and how it affects a high stakes private game starring Jamie Foxx and Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Same here, Dave. I don't know how good that movie was because I never even heard of it. And it stars too, too well, you know. <laughs> Stars two good actors, so I'm surprised that neither one of us has ever heard that movie before. Yeah. The next one is Atlantic City, uh, starring uh, Susan Sarandon and uh, and uh, her chest, and part of the movie. Uh, one of the things that it's well known for is her topless scene in that movie. But uh, it's uh, it was made in 1980, the oldest on this list. And it, just a quick note here, they say there's more than 25 movies with the word Vegas in the title but only two about the Garden State's hub. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of Susan Sarandon, and who else was in that movie? Uh, Burt Lancaster. It's from 1980. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I know that I've seen that movie, but it, you know, it's been so long that I don't recall it right now, but I know that I've seen that movie. I think Burt Lancaster was an old, 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 criminal or something and went down there i don't know exactly. i'm trying to yeah. think, rethink of the movie but i i know i've seen well, it I just it came out 40 it. years ago so we'll give you a pass on that uh the next ago. one is called the cooler uh william may william macy william h macy is the star of it along with maria bello and alec baldwin is in it and it's about a guy who uh brings bad luck to people so he was hired by a casino to stand around behind people when they're on a winning streak yeah, they bring them in to deal. I, I tried to watch a little bit of that movie, and it didn't do a whole lot for me. And that said, I'm a big Maria Bello fan. She's a very quite quite beautiful lady. Even even now that she's into her 50s, she's a still a beautiful woman. But I don't know. That that was a very depressing type movie for me. And I, I watched maybe half hour and didn't like it and stopped watching it. Yeah, there's obviously all the famous ones like The Sting and, uh, you know, Maverick and a bunch of old ones like that. Uh, Vegas Vacation, I didn't really associate uh, as being a uh, gambling movie, but I guess obviously with Vegas, oh. uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo uh, certainly had some fun out there in that one. Mr. That Papa Giorgio. Very, I'm sorry, Joe, what were you saying? Mr. Papa Giorgio. There you yes. go. Yes, the great Vegas luck of Nick <laughs> That was that was probably one of the funniest, uh, if not the funniest, uh, gambling movie. Uh, but I will tell you the the first poker movie that I can recall watching that and and you know being that I love poker, I was very young, and it was a movie made before our time. Dave was uh, Big yeah. Hand for a Little Lady. Yeah, yeah, we which, talked about that on this show several times. Yeah, that which was a great. I love that movie. I love the way it ended, and I won't spoil it in case somebody hasn't seen it. But uh, if you play poker and you love poker, this is a good way to uh, enjoy yourself watching a, what is about an hour and a half to two hours worth of uh, of, a, of a very interesting movie. Uh, Joe Costello, what was the great funny line of Nick Papa Giorgio? Do you remember? No, I think there was many, but what do you got? 
I put a dollar in, I got a car. Uh, <laughs> I another dollar in, I got, got another car. car. And hey, while we're talking, you know, I know it's not poker per se, but it is a card playing game. Tip of the cap to uh, Phil Brody, uh, the king with the upside down fan, and the flamingo kid. Oh, very good, very good oh, one. And of course, uh, the uh, there's not a whole lot of gambling in it, but uh, James Bond movie Casino Royale, a uh, famous gambling movie as well. That rounds out our list. There you go. There you go. Uh, let's take another break here in the show, and we'll get to uh, – I'd like to get to that article from, by the dealer chick if we can and uh, discuss that. Of course, very unfortunate passing of her uh, a couple of weeks ago. She had gallbladder surgery, and the complications uh, uh, put her down, unfortunately. But she uh, will uh, live in our hearts for so many great articles. I'm sure there's more in the can that will be coming out on Card Player. But we'll talk about that when we return. Don't forget, you can always pick up the show on uh, iTunes. We'd love to have you subscribe and rate the program on there. Uh, of course, the other places you can get the show are uh, Hold'em Radio Network and, of course, uh, a Poker Action Line website, Poker Fuse podcast page. The Hold'em Radio Network is uh, still carrying our show very regularly, and we appreciate everything they've done for, them, for us as well over the years. So check it out there. And, of course, SoundCloud, probably the best place to get the show where you can uh, very easily subscribe to it and rate there as well. So let's take a break. We'll be back with more to finish things up when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. And uh, everybody stay safe and hang in there. We'll be back with more when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Big Dave and Joe, as we uh, pass the time here with another edition of Poker Action Line, we hope you uh, 
will continue to follow us next week. Again, I want to mention, uh, I hope it's next week. It just depends on the timing and what things that are happening in this world. But uh, in the near future, we'll have Sandra Moore on, the uh, director of the movie uh, Poker Queens. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, picking it up on Amazon Prime uh, sometime later this week. Is it a documentary about some of our great women poker players? Absolutely. Uh, Linda Johnson and uh, a lot of the top women pros. Kristen Bicknell is in it. Uh, Jennifer Tilly. Uh, many of the other women that Vanessa, uh, we've had on Vanessa the program. Vanessa Subs and everything, too? I didn't see Vanessa's name on there, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to be picking that up to watch it this week. But uh, certainly something we always push, and that's uh, getting women to be more comfortable and to play at the table and really just to kind of improve the whole uh, life around the poker room in years to come. And let me tell you, now that you mentioned that, and you mentioned the first lady there, the the first lady of poker in my eyes is uh, Linda Johnson. Um, You know, it's been quite a few years since we've had her and Jan Fisher on the show, but, uh, you know, used to love having them. You know, every, every show we've done with them, it's just been an outstanding show, Dave. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'd love I'd love to have her back on the show and, uh, you know, can't wait to see this now. So and the yeah, movie and it's already it. out on Amazon Prime. It is. It came out last week. And uh, uh, I didn't realize that you don't have to have uh, uh, Amazon Prime. It's a, called Prime Video, which you can actually watch these movies without buying a whole uh, yearly uh subscription to that so if people were worried about the price uh you can actually rent it for two dollars and 99 cents or you can buy it for 6.99 and really that's the only place to see it right now well listen hopefully this week i can get a chance to see it before we get on the air next week yeah definitely uh hopefully uh we'll have that next monday for you and put that up next week but uh, i want to get to this article about uh um the, the dealer chick, and we mentioned that she did pass away, uh, certainly hope to uh, talk about her stuff for many years to come. Uh, she has been writing on there for a couple of years, so I'm going to go back and, and look for some other good things. But this one, and it's always fun to have Joe look at these articles because, uh, you know, he can verify the accuracy of a lot of these things, no question about that. But also uh, uh, we can uh, definitely check out, uh, you know, what the thoughts are and how they work. So uh, here's the question that was posed to her. It was, uh, players often ask about the action on a previous street in a hand. They want to know about how much was bet or who did the betting. And, you know, whenever this happens, the player says, I ask them not to ask, but also not to answer them, which can lead to arguing at the table. So uh, first of all, is do you see that as something you've seen quite a bit at the table? Yeah, where people kind of not paid attention because they're either betting on a game that they're watching, got on the damn phone, whatever, cocktail waitress came by, and they didn't pay attention. And in friendlier games, it's really not a big issue, but the dealer chick was a traveling poker, and when you're in tournaments, you know, some people are real stricter for the rules. Some are trying to get information. They think they can get information from that. I never saw it become a huge problem, uh, Dave. You know, uh, maybe she did in, in her years of doing this, but I don't recall, you know, like I said, I don't recall it ever creating a large enough problem that it, that something would stand out in my mind. She says that the dealer should actually reprimand the player and tell him that's not legal, uh, it's not kosher, and uh, if 
it happens to be a more meek uh, dealer than to call the floor and have them explain it to the player. Yeah, I mean, listen, I understand what she's going from, from keeping the rules right, you know, and following it to avoid problems going forward on that table. Because if they've asked once, one thing is for sure, Dave, they're going to ask a second or third or fourth time, and eventually that could piss somebody off. Um, Again, maybe I'm just very lucky in my career, didn't run into a whole lot of that, didn't have a lot of big complaints about that. In, in my time as, as, as a poker room uh, manager, director, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. She says uh, when players asked her to recap, she said, uh, this is a game of ob- observation. If someone asked me, uh, and, and it's still visible, she said she'd be happy to explain it. She said she didn't have a problem saying, well, there was a bet of five and a raise to 20. The action's on you. But when they start saying things like, who raised pre-flop? How many callers to the flop? And she just says simply, I can't tell you that, sir. Yeah, and guess what? You know, I, I, to tell you that I've never had that happen to me in my dealing days, I'd be lying to you. But usually usually someone at the table, like I said, they were friendly enough games back then, even though some of them, like I said, I dealt in a lot of the private games where there was a lot of money bet. It was... It was a structured game back then, Dave, you know, and with the game being structured, it really wasn't that hard to recreate. And most of the people would say, hey, I let out. Yeah, I'm the one who raised now with the amount of money and being no limit. You know, it it does become more annoying. But but the dealer chick, you know, answered that correctly in the fact that you should not be giving out that information. You understand that's that that is not your, you know, your forte now. If you're in a you're in the same round and money kind of seems to be mixed, who took the raise? You can give that information, but as she mentioned, as you just said, poker's a game of observation, and if you're not if you're not paying attention or smart enough to know to pay attention, then you know shame on you. Yeah, she says she does realize obviously that poker's a social game, and players become friends over time, but. Really, there are no friends in poker, she says. Uh, players forget this sometimes and are happy to help another player recall the action or read their hand or the board. And she says, all that kind of help boggles my mind. She said, I'm no more uh, – I'm never going to remind you that the guy three-betting you on the flop limped pre anymore. Then I would tell you that there's a flush draw on a paired board. Yeah, it's, it's – like I said, Dave, the, the game today is so different from – you know, almost 30 years ago when I started dealing it and it became legal in the state of Florida, even though it was a Mickey Mouse game of quarter 50 cents. But, um, you know, again, she, she nailed it on the head when she said that poker's a game of observation. And, you know, you, you, you'll never see a very good player do that. Yeah, you'll sure. never, ever see a very good player do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, first of all, if they lost track of where the betting was, They'll ask where it was in case they got distracted by, let's say, their beer or whatever coming and they got distracted for a second. They may recap what's happened up till then. But most of them will look at the bets in front of the players and be able to tell who did what. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a game of secrecy where you're hiding your bets. I'm raising and I'm holding the chips in my hands, you know. So it is. It's, it's, I think she was addressing this in the fact of, hey, listen, if you're going to play poker, Pay damn attention to the damn game so we don't have this issue. Yeah, she says if you can't come to a game-winning conclusion by using your critical thinking skills, 
then guess what? You're not very good, and, and you should lose. But she there says a lot, of, a lot of people, uh, you know, the ridiculous thing she says is that a lot of times it's someone who's not even in the hand. And, uh, you know, oh. you want to help so badly that you affect the action uh, when your outcome interest is literally zero. And her great closing line again, the problem is this. People don't think, and poker is a thinking game. Yeah, well, you know, once again, nailing it on the head. And I'll tell you what, the few times I have seen something like that uh, in, in the bigger games now over the last few years has, you know, somebody in there trying to be nice. I'm not trying to say they're trying to be a, uh, an a-hole to somebody, but trying to be nice. And then the person who you're giving the information on, because if they're asking, oh, who took the raise, who took, who let out, who raised, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, person who raised doesn't want to be doesn't want to be known if this person didn't pay attention and guarantee you if somebody at the table who's not even in the hand starts offering, oh, you know, the guy in seat four made the bet, the guy in seat six raised, the guy in seat six is gonna say, Hey, listen, shut up and let him pay attention to the game. I've yeah, seen absolutely. that happen. I've seen that so the dealer doesn't even need to get involved anymore. The the person gets agitated and it usually takes care of itself there. But yeah, everything she said there as always Right, right, right on point. Uh, there's also some news about uh, Mike Postel, the uh, accused poker cheat from out in the Los Angeles area uh, that uh, players represented by Mac Verstandig filed a $30 million lawsuit against. Uh, Postel has filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, but in doing so, uh, he has leaked the filing to a magazine called Rounder Life, and he has been involved with that thing, has written articles on there, and so probably it's basically just himself uh, representing uh, you know, the fact that he thinks he's innocent. Yeah, and I'd like to know if the if if, if they do get they do get judgment for thirty million, where he's going to come up with thirty million. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Well, actually, they have lowered the uh, the damages seeking that they're seeking down to fifteen million, and combining nice this uh, <laughs> Stones uh, Stones Gambling Hall, uh, also named in the suit. So uh, we're still quite a ways of having any uh, resolution to this case, but. Uh, you know, it seems I I find it very interesting, and uh, I know that Joey Ingram did a whole series on this thing and looked at many hands over the years from uh, Postal, and the actual video is five hours and forty minutes. So uh, wow. nobody has that kind of time to look that over. But if you are interested, you can check that out on uh, on YouTube. But uh, Joey Ingram uh, does a great job, and he did get an award for that kind of work. Uh, some people just love to analyze hands. I don't know if you do as much, Joe, but uh, uh, to see the kind of things that he did, uh, you know, I think to many people it's just obviously uh, he was cheating big time. Well, you know, if I was getting paid to look at some of these things or somehow getting some sort of financial reward from it, I'd have no trouble looking at these hands and, and analyzing them. Um, How much do you want? <laughs> we could discuss that off the air. You want to pay by the hand or by the 10-minute uh, time period? Yeah. <laughs> we could work out either one. Don't worry about that. But I, I used to love card player. Remember, used to have a lot of different tournament hands. I don't know if they still do because it's been a while now since we're not getting the card player at my place that they would talk about the tournament 
high, you know, and I used to love the hand analyst uh, that they used to do on those things. Dave, you've even mentioned some of those on the show to me. What would you do on this scenario? And, you know, I thought those really helped my game, to be honest with you. You know, it, it, it puts your mind. Look, when you see somebody else analyze a hand, Dave, as a poker player, at least from my point of view, is I look at it and see, okay, how's that going to help me in my style of game? Because everyone has their own kind of style. And, hey, if anything that I could pick up, and that's why I always loved hand analyzing hands. That's why my memory for remembering things, as I've always asked you on the show, how many chips did they have, what round was it, how long have they been playing, all goes into how you want to answer or act out on table. You know, if, you, if you're asking me a question to give you a better answer, you need as much information as possible to be able to answer that. And as a poker player, you need as much information as possible to decide whether you want to fold, call, or raise a player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention as we uh, wind things down here in the program is obviously people are looking where online they can play, and there's different sites. Uh, of course, we only have legal online poker in four states right now, uh, and there will be more later this summer, hopefully. Uh, two more are in the uh, past the legislation and just are not online yet. But the WPT has actually decided that they would uh, combine with party poker and put together a tournament um, and bring that WPT experience online. Uh, they are setting uh, in May to have an online series, WPT online series. Now, of course, the coronavirus has uh, kind of uh, enhanced online poker, and they asked uh, Adam Pliska, the CEO of the World Poker Tour, if he planned it that way, and he said no. He just kind of got – it's just a coincidence and, and that sort of thing. But uh, Club WPT, I guess, is the place where they would uh, do it and put things together, and we'll see that, uh, you know – as, as part of the poker world, we've seen the online tournaments on the World Series of Poker and the bracelet events that started back in 2015. Uh, they just had a huge WSOP.com online event as a part of WSOP Circuit that just happened to finish up last week. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how the timing of these things turns out, but uh, that's the way it is for sure. Well, listen, uh, maybe the WSOP can get – a bunch of online tournaments, but obviously, like you mentioned, uh, with only four states being in there. And are, are they all commingling with Nevada on these things? Uh, Pen you know Pennsylvania is not commingling. Uh, the other three states obviously are. So I'm not sure exactly how that will work out, whether I have different platforms in different states. But uh, uh, we'll see when that comes out. It should be uh, it should be soon in May. I would think that there's nothing standing in the way of that. But we are still uh, waiting on the World Series of Poker for a decision on what they're going to do. I would think that it's got to come quick because people plan far ahead. Uh, the hotels uh, have been shut down and, and hopefully will open maybe sometime in May. But, uh, you know, again, we're in the uh, period where we just what's going to happen. Dave, until they get rid of the quarantine, until they feel safe enough and confident enough that people aren't at, 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 at risk without quarantining people. I mean, listen, in our state, we're, we're probably, we've got we've got police borders lined up at, at all the major highways uh, coming in and out of the state. So uh, with air, with air travel restrictions and quarantines in place, I just can't see how these people haven't made that decision yet. But it'll give us something to talk about next week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, 
sports betting world, you know, they finally got online uh, in a lot of places, and and now that business is going down because there's no sports to bet on. They're trying to find different ways to uh, play these things. I know on DraftKings they have these simulated NASCAR races and NBA games using stats from previous years and different games. And I don't know how you're supposed to trust that, but certainly there's not a lot of money you can put on it anyway. But, um, you know, they're betting on League of Legends and other eSports games. And, uh, you know, you got to try to find a way to survive and, and just get through this thing. Soon they'll have, they'll have six rats lined up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody, somebody pulling Swiss cheese in front of them and see which way they go. <laughs> there you go. You should be in marketing. You, you should be in marketing go, in Vegas. Man. There you go. The last All three right. digits of the coronavirus total. Each week. <laughs> For are, the you, big are you talking about there, worldwide deaths or uh, yeah. United States deaths? It's a different I game. Mean, Depends on how much you want to play. You don't want to laugh at any of this here, but it's true. It's just people are going crazy with wanting to do something, whether it's gambling, going somewhere. And, uh, again, we're not trying to make fun of anybody who has, who has it uh, or anything, but uh, – yeah, for the pick three number, that might be a very good way of doing that, Joe. <laughs> it reminds me of years past when they used the uh, last yeah. three digits of the high lie handle for the uh, yeah. Well, the track handle in New Oledo. York was always it, you know. And people had to remember because I re- I know about this because of my family being involved in it. But they give you a call and tell you what the number was, but it was never official until in the paper the next day, and you saw the track handle in print. The next day, and it was the last three numbers of, of the of the handle of that day. So yeah, absolutely. Well, just to conclude, then uh, this online um, WSOP circuit event was won by Champy Douglas. Uh, but the funny thing is, some of the top uh, final tablers included Scott Blumstein, uh, Brian Altman, Gordon Vio, David Williams. And, uh, you know, Robert uh, Loblaw-Brown. So uh, some interesting players there that made the final table there. And the players are finding a way to uh, keep their game sharp, and that's the way you got to do it. Listen, Joe, thanks you for the time tonight. Uh, getting And Joe Costello for getting us on the air. We do appreciate yep. it. We'll be back with another show next week. Hopefully it will be with Sandra Moore of Poker Queens. But if not, uh, we'll find some other people to talk to and some other events as well. Everybody, hang in there. What do you think, Joe? Can we uh, Can we make it another week? I believe we can. I believe we can. And, I, you know, besides, I, I'm missing my man Gio also over there. Joe, thank you so much for doing everything. Both of you guys stay safe. And, um, Joe, when you see Gio or talk to him, give him our best. And, uh, guys, have a great week. Stay safe. Social distancing. And we'll see each other, God willing, next week. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. We'll be with you next week. So long. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.